By using Emile Stinger on their debut single, Evanescence had an easier time getting airplay, as just about every band with a similar sound was led by a guy. Damn. Wow. They should have just got the new iPhone. They all have airplay, you know? Good job. That rule, dude. Please <laughs> just tell that joke a second time. <laughs> Fuck. You, you all can see how much I've aged during the pandemic. I'm clearly, so good. I'm clearly telling, uh, like, dad, but like, if your dad was Steve Albini jokes, you know? Mm, stepdad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my stepdad, stepdad joke. He keeps trying to push his static records albums on me and get me to listen to john zorn what a fucking dick can i ask you guys a question is every stepdad's name dave <laughs> i thought they were all like named every Terry. i think when you file your like when yeah like like if you marry uh uh you know someone who already has a child it, i think it's like this old legal loophole that you do have to ch legally change your name to dave it's this really archaic yeah, that's uh, law thought. so yeah, i think you're right I don't know a whole lot of Daves, honestly, but I guess I don't know a whole Dave lot of Dave Matthews. Personally, I don't personally know. You wait. You're I not, know. You don't imagine know. Imagine if Dave, Dave Matthews, Matthews was your stepdad. Holy that would shit! That would suck. If so Dave bad. Matthews just stepped in and married your mom real quick, <laughs> wasn't that? Oh my god! This wasn't, is going to be the seed for like a, a nightmare that goes on for like four hours was, in my head. Was tonight. it? <laughs> Am I confused? Was it Dave Matthews' van? Wasn't there like an incident with their tour bus where they like dumped their like the, the oh, waste yeah. from they, the tour they, bus into like the, the onto lake. a boat or something? No, it was like into was, the lake. You are like, not like mistaken. Michigan or something. They, they tried to dump it into a river and instead dumped it onto a boat that was in said river below <laughs> yes. the bridge. Jesus, a real comedy of errors. That's um, <laughs> you know that's not that's not really a uh, chill. You know, I'm no. shocked that Dave. I hope they got like shirts like for that. Like Dave Matthews dumped his shit on me, and all I got was a stupid T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, with, like, a I would wait. <laughs> wait, Sarah, can you uh, next round of merch? You should absolutely make that a T-shirt. I would buy that. Oh yeah, that in the end pop punk shirt, and those yeah. will be the only two items. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like the back is just like the back of the shirt is like a a porta potty with like the Dave Matthews like dancer logo on it uh, <laughs> like okay. on the door of it yes. and it's like it's, it's like, like yeah the gender markers yeah, the, Dave Matthews, the gender markers yeah. the Dave Matthews okay. logo that's actually pretty pretty good you're a genius this is the type of creative direction that you can only find on the you wouldn't download a podcast Patreon folks yeah, I'm yeah. so glad I came on now before the next merch drop as opposed to before I release some things that never would have landed thank God for this well you have to workshop the the merch ideas with mm -hmm. with trusted experts like us. Yeah, it's a mm -hmm. digital marketing yep. strategy. You right. know, you got to test what works and what doesn't. Exactly. You know, if I've learned anything from um, from my brief time applying to jobs and advertising, it's um, <laughs> it's really how it is. You it's know, your long career of applying to ad jobs. The Dave Matthews logo to me, for whatever reason, is indistinguishable from turquoise stones because i feel like the same people i see wearing the dave matthews logo or with a sticker on the back of their car are wearing at least two pieces of turquoise oh jewelry they just mm. got back from their vacation to tucson and yep. they they raided all the gift shops there uh every article of jewelry has a turquoise in it and uh they're, so we they're started blasting. right oh yeah we've been recording <laughs> yeah we've got five minutes on the recorder i started i started in secret because the evanescence conversation was pretty good yeah we, we gave up on the music as much as i was um 
strong-willed about it. I would say it was strong will. Do do y'all um, think it's a little like weird that there's so many Dave Matthews logo stickers on cars, mm-hmm. yet their biggest song is called Crash? It's like, <laughs> come on, very so tempting there. You know, a, a Grateful Dead sticker uh, uh, car, a Fish sticker car, and a Dave Matthews sticker car. I'll walk into a bar. Um, I'll walk into a parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, all you, in line at the beer t- uh, booth at the festival. The beer booth. Yeah. While their friends hold the their spot. Uh, are there cars the of the in the line or are the people who drive the cars who are defined by their Jacob, car? have you ever seen the movie Cars? cars? Yeah, I've it's seen like that. it. Yeah. I don't think they dr- they had oil in that movie, though. That's what are they drove. Are you guys having fun? <laughs> are you are you having fun? Because that's all we care about. Yeah. So sure else anyway, let's <laughs> anyway. let's cut to the chase. The chase. We yes. have no joy in juice. Let's cut to the sexual here. We're here to talk deftones. We're here to talk new metal. Let's fucking go. Guys. Who better? Has this, okay. Let me ask you this: Has there been an episode like this so far where you've had people on to talk about something? fundamentally unrelated to the people on not unrelated but i'm not in deftones well you kind of are in deftones sarah i would actually argue that you are a member of deftones so the the relevancy (laughs) is there's a no joy cassette coming out this week with a fantastic deftones cover of teenager Mm -hmm. and that much uh, i heard and we wanted to talk about it and talk about deftones and like new metal influences and we thought who better to ask than friend of the pod and previous guest sarah jewel sexual sarah jewel sexual sarah jewel sexual as your identification card says the papers are uh they're in the court right now it's getting legally changed Mm, so i haven't decided if it's the legal middle or my legal last right it was one of those it was one of those mistakes on the birth certificate type thing like like the the doctor totally Mm -hmm. just kind of had a stroke when You're he like, was writing the name down and he wrote Jewel Sexual. There was supposed no, to be this is what my mom meant it. to do all along. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Before Jewel was even invented, that's really, really something. So yeah, Deftones. So Deftones. I wore my shirt in honor of this that wow. Eric oh. from Heart Attack Man sent me. Wow. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a big merch head and I think he found this and for whatever reason, he like, I think this is an extra large and I... Frame-wise, body-wise, have always been small, medium. I, I wear only exclusively XLs, though, and he wears exclusively larges, even though an XL would look really flattering on him. So he found this, and he was like, damn, too bad it's one size too big. I was like, what are you talking about? You're not going to keep that? Oh, my God. Yeah, I only but wear yeah, XLs, this is my too, so shout-out. Shout-out to the XL, <laughs> XL gang. Shout-out, um, XL gang. Yeah, You know... Um, I like I like to look like I'm wearing a dress, so I think that's the move. Mm-hmm. You know, fits. I don't think it's top. a bad place to start, though, to talk about like I have always thought that cons- their their image consistency wise was like an amazing thing, and I think part of me like having this conception of them that way is I follow that dude Frank Maddox on Instagram. And so I've seen like all of the work that he's done with them over the years, like logo design, poster design, like tour poster stuff. And I've always just thought that like, there's a consistently like sexy edge to what they do. There's a consistently like somehow ahead of the curve, despite the fact that they aren't, you know, 
now I guess considered to be relatively old in, in the scene of music, which whatever, um, you know, there's just sort of like a newness and a freshness to everything that, that they do, but everything is so designatedly deftone simultaneously and not to mention just sort of like the iconic nature of things like the white pony logo, mm-hmm. even the diamond eyes cover, like things mm-hmm. that have become indistinguishable from their image. I think it's really cool. And like a shirt like this to have like, white pony on it and sort of their little like global logo and then just like the d and stuff like that i mean the only sort of marker for comparison i have in my mind is like remember when lincoln park in like minutes to midnight came out with that lp logo that was like in the circle Mm -hmm. and it suddenly was like tattooed on everybody and it was everywhere (laughs) it was like i feel like the white pony logo does a similar thing and there are very few acts that pull something like that off yeah yeah you're right that's Strong true. iconography. I uh, that's like speaking of if I do see a uh, a vinyl decal on a car, if it's not the Dave Matthews logo, it is the White Pony logo. So really, I do. I've I, never I seen see one. it. I see it a lot, or like, like a stormtrooper one. I feel like in Williamsburg, like maybe two weeks ago, I saw a. It was like there was like a Minions decal and a, the White Pony <laughs> logo, and I was like. <laughs> Do I drive that's, again? That's is this my car? That's so fucking <laughs> fire. That's, right. that's a demographic. A minion and the white pony. I want to meet that person. Well, in Bushwick, when I lived at that, at that apartment for three years, there was like someone that lived around me that had like like an SUV that had like a Guy Fox mask hanging from like mm-hmm. the window, the rear view wow. window. And it had, okay. like, had funny like bumper stickers. It's like, you know, one of like, they're either like, an ironic memer or like an incel, you know, or both <laughs> or both, or both, you know, speaking of white pony teenager to me, when I first listened to that album felt like it came, I won't, I won't say like out of left field, but it really felt like a departure in terms of like, not just a departure, but an evolution in terms of like, I don't know who in the band, I don't know if Chino spearheaded it or whatever was like, we need more electronic noises happening in this music, yeah. like more obvious sort of like electronic shit going on. Um, and I thought that it was the coolest thing. And I thought that it blended so seamlessly with what came before and what came after. Why the choice for a teenager? For that exact reason. Yeah, that's awesome. Because <laughs> it was like that, that White Pony was such an important record. And like when I, I remember reading all about them and they would always cite their reference. Their references were never other heavy bands. It was always like they loved Depeche Mode or Cocteau Twins. And it, you kind of felt like this band had an identity crisis. Like they thought they were one thing, but they were being marketed like something else. Yeah. And teenager for me was that like, like how did they let that get on the record? It's like on, on a heavy record, there's like this loop of like, I don't know, electronic, really sensitive, quiet song in the middle, mm. um, like right in the middle of the record. And I felt like that was such a cool, also like, fuck you to, that anybody trying to like put them in a box or just yeah. like, Oh yeah, we're going to have this track there too. So the next one has Maynard, but here's this one. <laughs> right. Right. I want to preface this by saying like no shade to corn, but I remember reading an interview, I think with Chino where he was talking about their reluctance to like tour with bands like corn and Limp Bizkit. And they were always, you know, wanting to include Deftones on those big name, heavy hitter yeah. new metal tours and Deftones had like this reluctance to doing it because they didn't want to be, boxed into that and i think this track particularly is like such an obvious like you said like a, a fuck you just to the idea of, of boxing them into that genre in general also like 
the acts that they now decide to take out on tour with them, like the tour that's supposed to be happening this fall that was supposed to happen last year um, with Gojira. Like, mm-hmm. I just think that that's like the coolest. I never would have anticipated like they're two of my favorite bands and I never thought I would see them on tour together. Like Gojira being this sort of like, I don't know, it, it sounds like automatic rifle fire. The right. way, You know, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very cool. And very there's cool. the, uh, Chan's like, covers and b-sides record where they do the the sade cover and it's just like mm. that that i think is like why devtones are so sexy too is because they're not afraid to be like so vulnerable sometimes but they're also heavy as shit when they want to yeah. be and like it takes a lot of like confidence on their part to just be like okay we're gonna cover like <laughs> these songs that are not rock songs by any means and just play them well you yeah you look at something uh-huh. like limp biscuit and it's like I love having sex. I love fucking bitches. Blow. You know, it's like, it's very aggressive. And like to, to, I don't, I don't know if you would call it more feminine or androgynous, even just the way Chino's voice sounds is like very like Mm -hmm. soft at times is very breathy, like kind of the opposite way to do sexy than like the very aggressive, like, you know, nookie type. I, I also feel like, like you know, the first two Deftones records, so they were definitely more, like, alternative, new metal, like, metal-y, and, like, White Pony is really when, like, they started showing that they had, like, an art rock presence about them, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's when they kind of fell out, like, you know, when Limp Bizkit's second record came out, it's like, White Pony was out, and it's like, of course, significant other... A band playing Significant Other and a band playing White Pony are not going to play every night back to back. It's just, it doesn't make sense, you know? Like, I've always lumped, I've always said this, like, you can't talk about one without the other, even though they're totally different. But, like, in my head, Deftones share a lot of the tone of Hum, and I was a huge Hum Mm -hmm. fan. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think Deftones, like, think at one point... I think they they kind of saw themselves almost as like a shoegaze band for sure. I remember I, I don't know what tour it was on, but a friend of mine was doing sound and they were playing, and he was like, "Oh, you can't like you can't tell them to tune their guitars like they I can't mic their shit properly. They changed in the middle of the show. They changed the amp like they just do. It's so loose, and like that, that was refreshing because then other new metal bands were like kind of technical or like I don't know just like. Like, even just using the DJ that's in mm-hmm. Deftones, like, his role wasn't to, like, be a DJ. Like, it was to create atmosphere mm-hmm. and sounds and, like, add to it. It wasn't necessarily, like, to add, like, a rap element sure. into Deftones. Right. Yeah, that's so true. At the same time, I was also, like, heavy, like when I really was into Deftones in, like, middle school, like, I had a friend that only listened to two bands. He only listened to Deftones and Incubus. So for me, Damn. that's like merged to <laughs> like the band doesn't era. have a DJ, not interested. <laughs> well, Someone's got to be scratching, you know, cause Incubus <laughs> kind of was like new metal E2. And then they went like the pop more, the mm-hmm. pop radio route than Deftones, which, you know, is why people talk about Deftones today and they have like artistic credibility and y- you hear about Incubus and you're like, Oh yeah. Like drive. Like, I wonder yeah. what they've done lately, you know, <laughs> not that Brandon Boyd's talented. I think I make the mistake too often of like having 
sort of like genre boundaries in my mind, despite being a person who listens to like a lot of different types of music. I, I have this like strange misconception that, uh, or at least I had it when I was younger and I'm growing out of it now that like the bands that I listen to don't listen to the other bands that I listen to. And then of course, when I listen to a band like Mew and there's like a dinosaur junior feature, yeah. <laughs> essentially right. like, you know, and I, and I was like, okay, so how, how did like, like, baskets know about this like danish band and then i'm thinking to myself like they're human beings with their own tastes that aren't just like what their band sounds like and a band like deftones was like a really eye-opening one for that reason any any anybody who likes shade and duran duran like come on like that is so cool and is definitely going to have like a sort of myriad different like influence on what their product sounds like yeah I'm curious to hear how everyone heard Deftones for the first time because I literally remember it very specifically. Uh, it's in the Matrix, and it's in the in the beginning of the film. Neo wakes up at his desk after having a some sort of dream, fucked up dream, and then he you know he gets the messages on his screen. But when I saw that movie th- for the first time as a kid, it was that has the most like. That movie is filled with atmosphere, but even just the atmosphere of him in his dark apartment with like five monitors and he has his headphones on blaring uh, shove it and he wakes up. I'm like, this is like the most insane atmosphere of like Y2K tech bro kind of stuff that I've ever seen. And so then I, I remember seeing it and I it's it's the, the, the music itself is very quiet as if it was playing from his headphones. And I didn't uh, catch it then, but then when I rewatched it, I was going through the soundtrack and I was like, wait, oh, I've always kind of wondered what that song was. And of course it was shove it. You said that's the scene where he gets fucked up message on the computer. Yeah. Yeah, Like he, he, he gets that message. That's like your Instagram account may be deleted. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Posting those stories. He was asking for, he was asking for too much Adderall in his stories. stories. Let's not go there. I'm still not over. (laughs) You brought it up. The shadow ban was years ago. You brought it up. Um, But no, but that was my, my, that was my introduction. I'm, I'm interested to hear everyone else's. How they heard it. Mine was super late in life. Super late in life. I I was system of a down obsessed all through middle school and high school. And and now Um, I was system of a down obsessed. And I think they came back together in their reunion tour. Um, I was so stoked because I thought I was never going to get to see them live because I got into that later in life too, being Mm -hmm. a young person um unfortunately and also just having a dad who listened to pretty much exclusively like 80s hair metal he like didn't really catch the boat on stuff like that very soon um like early on into their careers and so it took me sort of like growing up and coming into my own as a person with music taste to like also get him interested in my music taste i remember we had tickets to that system of a down tour um i think we had tickets to pnc bank arts center in new jersey the first night Um, And he got me second row tickets, which was like, I had never been treated. I had never had luxury like that. That was like the best thing anybody had ever done for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just remember, I remember Deftones opening and thinking to myself, like, man, I'm like really excited to see System, obviously, but I don't know what just happened. That was really awesome. Like, I don't know anything about this band, but I got to check them out. And then ended up liking them so much and had such a blast that night that we uh, basically spent our entire savings on tickets for Jones beach the next night. So I got to see Deftones two nights in a row with system. And that was sort of like 
my revelatory like awakening wow. experience and then all of a sudden deftones were like my dad and i's favorite band for like oh, wow. six years going in far. cold to a deftones show must second row must be i can't even i that sounds like the sickest thing ever <laughs> i know my dad knew like my dad knew like change in the house of flies that was like the only yeah. song he knew and then we both were just like by the end of it like our jaws were on the floor mm-hmm. wow i mean what what year like what album tour was that Good question. I think, um, so Koino Yokan hadn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. I think it might've been in that period between like before that release happened. Um, but I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent certain all of the years are blurring together, man. Cause I remember There's when that so record came them. out, I worked at the record store and they hadn't put anything out in a long time. And I was like, yo, I am fucking taking the promo CD home from work. So yeah. I can like put it on my computer and listen to it before it drops officially. Like I'm not gonna share <laughs> yeah. it anywhere and get Diamond Eyes in trouble. had come out. Diamond Eyes had come out. Koino Yokan hadn't come out. And to be quite honest with you, like, and I don't know if this is a popular or unpopular opinion because I still have like a limited network with which to like really nerdily talk about Deftones with. But I thought Koino Yokan was like one of the best albums of their career. Yeah, it's like, so good. It is just so cohesive yeah. in its sound. It's beautifully atmospheric. It's transportational. It like. I don't know, production-wise, like, the mix just sounds phenomenal. I don't know anything about mastering, but I'm sure that's great, too. Like, it, it just sounds so good. Mastering is when they uh, bring it in and they push the sound good button. And, the sound um, good button. It's the guy sweating, <laughs> yeah. like, with the two buttons. <laughs> yeah. um, sound good or sound I, uh, bad. No, they turn the volume PST. up slightly, yeah. when and heard, then they press the record. When I heard <laughs> that album, too, I was like, yo, this is where this band was supposed to get to. Like they followed the trajectory that they were supposed to. And this is like the album that when I first heard them, I was hoping they would be making like, you know, 12, 13 years after I heard them, you know, cause I probably heard them Mm -hmm. when white pony, like around 2000, like, you know, um, like I said, when I was friends with the dude that only listened to incubus and deftones, that was probably like a year or two after, I had heard White Pony and I was like, man, there's, you know, Blink-182 is probably my favorite band. I was listening to like drive-through records. I still like had yeah, all yeah. my like new metal influences, like where like Limp Bizkit and Corn shirts and stuff. But mm. I was like hanging out with that friend. I, I like stayed over his house a lot in middle school. And I feel like him playing Deftones constantly really like got me to fuck with them way more than I would have thought when I first heard White Pony. In t- like I liked it in 2000, but I was like, I was more of the significant other Limp Biscuit kid being from Florida, right. you know? Mm. <laughs> uh, also just what a self-aware, like with that album with Koino Yogan, what a self-aware like choice of title, like an untranslatable, mm. slightly translatable Japanese phrase for like a feeling that is really intangible of like, you have a feeling that you're going to fall in love with this person that you've just met. Like, conceptually speaking like it all just feels like it makes perfect sense given the way that that record sounds and also just like their sound in general and like coupled with like the album art i was like this is just one this is just a piece of art mm-hmm. yep. yeah i saw them on around the fur tour um oh, hell yeah i saw legendary yeah it, opening act was quicksand who then i got Hello. to tour with later on so i was like yeah and i was little i was very little so they it was in a club so i got to stand between the stage and the barricade because i was in at the barricade when you're like getting crushed and then some security <laughs> was like 
forget it and just like put me over so I could watch the whole show from basically in front of the stage. I mean, um, that's amazing. Quicksand and Deftones. Yeah. Like at yeah. that time. And Snapcase was first of three. Yo, that's yeah. like Snapcase actually an iconic show. Very fire. I know. Whenever I think like I was a loser teen, I think back thinking like, no, no, no. Like you went out of your way to buy tickets for that show and like got there early and ran up to the barricade and like yep. stood there. Could um, a loser do this? Yeah, could a loser do this? <laughs> um, and I saw the White Pony tour also. I, I think I saw two shows, but one show at the White Pony, which I've never actually told the story. So it's because I kept wow, it kind of on the deal. But I'll say right now, White Pony era, you know, like everybody was partying pretty hard in that band and everywhere. And they were handing out what is, it's a bad word, but it's known as pussy passes to girls in the audience. Wow. Um, for the like after party, uh-huh. mm. uh huh. <laughs> were they Dave Matthews logos <laughs> on, laminated? I, so they give they there's just like a guy that comes out into the crowd and he gives you like a, a like a pass. And at that time, I had already like kind of been like working at shows like flyering or stuff, so I knew what the passes were. Mm-hmm. So a guy handed me a pass and said PP on it. I was like, Are you fucking joking? Like, okay, Deftones think I'm hot. So I went backstage. And there was just girls like surrounding them everywhere. And uh, my friend and I who were with us, I, re- I remember just being like, yeah, Chino, you're not Dave Gahan and took their pita and hummus. Like all the, I was hungry. I like took the rider and we were just like, peace, dude. It was with like, ta- uh, I mean, Taproot, I think was the opening band. Dude. Wait, uh, did you say Taproot? Yeah, Taproot. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So it was totally like, nobody was creepy. They're like, uh, and like, saying that like brought backstage but like i didn't see anything creepy no drugs nobody was like inappropriate with me or anything but it was like definitely a weird like like felt really like hollywood like just girls everywhere like surrounding band members and i was like i don't know probably like 17 and like look bad (laughs) like i didn't look cool i'm shocked none of them none of the band members were like what are they doing with the hummus? We need the hummus. Like not, they were distracted. Like, you know, I'm surprised that wasn't like the focus of the backstage area is like, and like it shows also like I was very immature that my first move, like everybody like had a chance to like talk to Chino. And my first move was to like insult him and be like, you're not Dave Gahan. You negged him. You negged him. Like, what are you doing? That's the move. Techniques. Their fault. I have never been so distracted as to not pay attention to my hummus. So it's on, it's all on them. Yeah. Well, now you have the icebreaker for when you guys, future collab like you're like hey you remember that show where did the hummus go it was me i have the sticker i kept it i kept the sticker oh Oh, yeah because it's like the white pony logo yeah yeah, i still have it oh my gosh that is so funny (laughs) that's a great story it's crazy that like when you when you really break it down and separate genre that the deftones are really just like the cast of entourage you know (laughs) they're just the new metal cast of entourage like Vince and Chase is time. Chino. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like like when I when I got to tour with Quicksand, so Sergio from Quicksand is now in Deftones. Mm-hmm. And that whole tour I kind of was like bugging him like, tell me more. Tell me like what's what's going on? Like how do you record? Like he really could not care less. Like he did not he he's the nicest man, but he was just like I don't know. Chino sings about the ocean and like the sky. I don't know. It's like, you gotta be it's like, like, yeah, he does. Tell me about it. You gotta be like, let it, Tell me more. Let it slip. 
you know, you throw in yeah. the quicksand <laughs> reference and he's like, oh, that, yeah, yeah. that that's playing okay. well with me. I'll tell you more, you know, psychology. But on that tour, like, cause he was, cause we were opening for quicksand on that tour in the San Francisco date, like Stephen Carpenter and Abe came to the show and they watched us side stage. And I was wow. like, ah! <laughs> wow. that's so awesome. cool. But yeah. So that's all my Deftones stories personal death stories. Very good. You're like, those are all of my death tone stories. I've never been within like five feet of them. Oh my goodness. Well, you were in the second row. That's not true. Yeah, that's true. That's, well, that was way further than five feet. Oh. I will say something really cool happened at that show though. I was tiny enough still that I and, and looked young enough and will probably always with these cheeks look young enough that uh, the security guard who was in front of the barricade in front of me uh, and this isn't as cool anymore because John Dolmayan has very complicated politics, but he threw a drumstick out into the audience. It hit the barricade and bounced back and that security guard held onto it. And it was the one that he played the end of the set with. Um, and at the end, after everybody was filing out, the security guard gave it to me and I thought it was the coolest thing ever until he started saying things about Trump. Yeah. I have a lot of drumsticks yeah. like that from over the years of concerts that I got and not ever getting them signed. It's like every time I visit my parents, I open the drawer of the desk and I'm like, damn, there's like 13 drumsticks in here and I have no idea where any of them, like what they're like, what show is what or like you start what show I got a drumstick at. But it's funny that I've got the weirdest collection of caught things I've got. So that drumstick has his signature on it because it's like his signature, mm -hmm. whatever drumstick. And then okay. I have a pick from John Petrucci and a yeah. pick from Chevelle and then oh. like a couple of other things. And yeah. it's just a strange mix in my drawer. Chevelle works. That works for the theme hey. of the episode. I stole Amber. Yeah. Sick. I stole Amber Kaufman's pick at a dirty projector show. And my friend was bold enough to steal her capo. What? Did you oh, steal it from that's her? That's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we yelled at her like, after. That's not cool. <laughs> you, we yelled at her. She's not we were like, what, why did you the take the next night? Why did you take the fucking capo? <laughs> but how did you steal the pick? That's did you walk up when she was playing and like pluck it out of no, her hands? No, I think she tossed them in the flyway like or something. So you I don't didn't know steal how it. You were given to it. Yeah, no, but the capo. At least Guitar Center was still open back then. Well, long term listeners of the pod will remember like, uh, before the pandemic, do like, dox your friend or winter, no. <laughs> winter and fall, uh, 2019, I went to like a, uh, a magnetic fields residency at uh -huh. symphony space. It was like two magnetic field shows and then two shows of side projects of Steven Merritt. So it was like over two weeks, four shows. And I had first row tickets to one of the magnetic field shows and you know, they have a large band. Uh, and after the show, it, you know, it's a like a theater space, so you can't really get go to the stage to like grab something like a set list. Yeah. But uh, under Stephen Merritt, the lead guy from Magnetic Fields, under his seat, there was like a folded up piece of paper. So when they all left the stage, like one of the stagehands came out to like like unplug the stuff, um, the sound text. And I was like, hey, can I get that piece of paper? And he gave it to me. I thought it was going to be like a set list or something. And it was uh, Stephen Merritt's dry cleaning receipt from that day. Oh my God. So I now oh. know Stephen Merritt's personal dry cleaner. I'm not going to dox it. it. But if I go start hanging out there, you know, maybe I run into Stephen Merritt. Mm -hmm. Dry cleaning. Wow. If you want to clean your magnetic whole Hey, fancy meeting Glad. you here. Come <laughs> <Yeah>. here often. <laughs> He's like, yes, I wear a lot of suits. <laughs> if you want Jeff's address, the STL of his home key, um, Stephen Merritt's personal dry cleaner, right. Andrew's friend who stole the capo <laughs> from... 
Amber Kaufman, Aaron's friend. Is not that my Andrew. name? Is that my Your name? name's Andrew now. It's another Dude, A name. But everyone one, in college used to call a. me Andrew by mistake. That's it was, fucked up. If I'm you so want sorry. a dog dual sexual for still having a John Mayan mm-hmm. drumstick, yeah. if you want literally any of this information, <laughs> these are all privileges. If you want to know yes. what type of hummus Deftones like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> join join the Discord server. All things yes. I would want to know. That's how you find out. These about are these. all these are privileges of being on the Patreon. They're in the general chat. Part of the Discord. This is gonna make an incredible preview yeah <laughs> but, yeah exactly. but yeah i was saying like hum and deftones had like a vibe and i was always you know i love hum like i feel like they're a little bit spacier more indie less like not that deftones were like a mainstream band but they were definitely on alternative radio music. more than hum and i feel like i always was just like oh yeah like it's cooler to like hum even though i did like both but i feel like there is that kind of like even though deftones became like more art rock and experimental i feel like they don't get the credit for it like people only sure. really know them as white pony and it's kind of fucked because mm. their career is awesome yeah. it's like nine inch nails or something it's like everything's good it's always them but it's a little different you know what i mean people they tap out and uh i think it's a shame because you know, there are bands that always, it's like, you know, you listen to the first fucking Bell and Sebastian record. It's the lo-fi version of the new Bell and Sebastian record. It's like, at least Deftones. Like, they're like Boris. Like, anything they touch, it sounds like them, even if it's new, you know? Yeah. And that's re- respectable. I don't know what made Hum more marketable or more palatable for people other than maybe just the vocals sound a little bit more like you're being talked to like mm, right not i don't know like saying at and i think maybe there's like a little bit more of a i don't know there's some kind of point of connection there but i don't know then you look at like the latest hum record and i just have to think like that departure in terms of things being like a little bit less intelligible in this new record mm. in like an awesome way yeah seems like they're having fun and like it was something that maybe they wanted to do for a while despite mm-hmm. being that band that was the slightly more marketable version of this similar sound it's like they made that departure that i feel like deftones were slowly incrementally making over yeah. time yeah. over the course of like one record release all of a sudden yeah. and i i had a lot of friends who like I had a lot of friends who listened to that record. I had just as many friends who listened to that record were like, this is awesome. This sounds like them and it sounds different. Mm-hmm. That also listened to that record and were like, I don't like this because it doesn't sound like it'll get radio play. And like yeah. a lot of their career did sound like that. Well, I feel like Hum too, know, like man. that new Hum record, their last album, they like didn't, they like broke up. Like I think the last album was uh, um, in 97. So they had time to like play like, you know, yeah. I, I it's respectable, but it's kind of like slow dive too. It's like, you know, there right. was so much time in between to like play with it until they're ready to put it out, you mm. know, instead of yeah. the pressure. Daughters like, did the same thing. Yeah. Sure. I think that the hum uh Deftones things is because Hum has a zebra, Deftones has a horse. I have a meme. I put the Deftones, <laughs> yeah. the white pony logo on the Hum album, like mm-hmm. er, like when I started doing the meme stuff. Really old Insta- one. It's really old. There's no real joke Classic. to it other than the fact that I think that they have a similar tone. But they're both sound. equine. But um, the other thing about Hum is that it uh it's part of the word hummus. That's very true. And Deftones was eating hummus. Deftones. <laughs> so oh there's some sort of connection together. there. Wait a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whoa. That's a deep one. 
I feel like I feel I'll like get your conspiracy theories. Aaron, you know, I don't want to open too many. You sound like Alex here. Jones. Pandora's you sound like Alex, Alex Jones to me. If yeah, Alex Jones yeah. was on Pitchfork in 2012. This is Andrew Jones. Andrew, Andrew Jones. <laughs> Andrew, That's Andrew yeah. Jones. Damn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Honestly, that could be marketable. That could be more marketable than the podcast we got going now. Yeah. 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 Andrew Jones. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Didn't White Pony get like an eight point something on Pitchfork? It might have. Probably. It didn't get a ten. Did they review it when it came out? I feel like Deftones wouldn't be something. It it was a. It was a retrospective, but it still wasn't a ten. That blows my mind. I'm not even like I don't know. Like they do these retrospective reviews and they don't review. (laughs) Deftones. They also just released an anniversary uh, remastered version of White Pony. Like I feel like it just came out. So they probably did it. I got the yeah, that. I got the physical. I got the thing, the whole thing, the whole set the with package. the did it come with uh, a, a white pony, a black pony. stallion. Mm-hmm. It's got a bunch of like previously unreleased pictures of them like in the studio and on tour and stuff. Mm-hmm. And once I heard that, I was like, okay, I can't really live cool. without it. That's sick. But, but yeah, white pony. The retrospective, it was given an eight point four, which it just seems like such a presumptuous thing to like take albums like that in a retrospective and be like, okay, well, who wants to hear my opinion? You know. <laughs> well, Sarah, um, you're, 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 I did want to bring this up. Uh, your newest project is reviewing Pitchfork reviews. So you should add that Deftones one. I haven't one dedicated to your list. a ton of time to it. Yes, because it doesn't make me any money. But um, yeah, like it is a fun little thing to do on the side. Nobody, nobody would let me get away with not doing Kid A. That's the only reason I had to do that. Oh, it's one. the most iconic. Um, everybody DM me time. about it. Yeah. Well, when when yeah, Condé people Nast have already said and buys you, like you know, I'm looking for work <laughs> within that music journalism world. So you know, holler. You know, Condé I'll you it's hilarious shoes. because. I have been consistently for the last like two months making half joking posts, asking all of my friends who work for record labels and publications to hire me. I don't think anybody really understands that I I do need a job because (laughs) I've been jokingly doing all this stuff for so long that I don't think I'm ever actually going to have a real career in any of it. Um, But this has been a fun little side project for sure. I really like uh, being judgmental when somebody has already set the precedent of being judgmental. Like right. I wouldn't just come out of left field and be like, wow, this review sucks, but it's a review. And so by nature, it's like being judgmental of something else. I feel like the door is a little bit open in that regard. Right. You know? It's definitely creaked up in a tiny bit. But you don't think um, like the music journalist community is going to like be on like, upset about you coming at like after them like targeting them you know what i mean oh dude the first person got so mad at me i'll really? i'll find i'll find the tweet yeah the person who wrote the kevin crowder review got so it was hilarious they got so mad and they tweeted something about they were like uh this makes me feel so famous imagine being like so famous that somebody goes back in time and gets mad at a review that you wrote two to three years ago or something like that and i was like yeah I mean, I've stayed mad at that review for two to three years. You, like, you, should, you should have been like, it's still online, right? Like, if it's so old. Yeah, it's like public domain it now, you yeah. know? If it's so old and like, you don't want people like critiquing it, maybe like remove it from your library. You know what I mean? Hit I know. A bunch of people commented underneath that and, and basically just like told this person who I was and like how this was supposed to be like from a joking angle and everything, which obviously isn't something that 
after a certain point, it's not something that I can go and tell people. I can't just be like, it was a joke because that makes me look like a jerk too, you know? So I just like, didn't engage with it. It was just like, whatever. Um, I feel like the only person I I would be mad about, the only person getting upset about that, that would upset me would be like Michael Azarad or like the, the guy that wrote like, like, this like this band could be your life or whatever um it's like all right i would respect him but any other like pitchfork writer it it's like when i make a meme about a band it's like i made it even if it's like kind of poking fun i made it because i probably like the band so yeah you know take it with a grain the of salt the thing that was frustrating for me was like this person wrote this review and then tweeted after the review and i remember this they tweeted after the review and they were like i really liked the album though but they spend the entire review like trashing the album and trashing <laughs> Kevin. And wow. like Kevin was somebody that I like tangentially knew at that point. And so I was like, look, if you already did the footwork of like upsetting the one person who made this like art product, like I feel like, again, you are kind of opening the door, the criticism door in that sense. And like, you know, you can't just pretend like nobody is upset by this. You, you can't, can't pretend like you're the, the only person who's upset by this. Like you started it, you know? <laughs> yeah. If you, uh, the thing about Pitchfork that's weird that I've, I've learned or heard, uh, is, you know, the person that writes the article doesn't assign the numeric score to it. Like the numeric score. Yeah. It's like a group, like they like come to it as a vote. It's like an average. So it's like the review could be really positive or negative, And then the number could be like confusing as fuck. It's like, why did it get a 6.7 or 6.4? And the review is like glowing. I'm like... Like, yeah. that's why I don't it fucking trust It makes me feel them. better because, like, I I knew the whole time that I wasn't just, like, attacking individuals. Like, I wasn't just attacking mm-hmm. the reviewer, you know? It's, like, it was this whole sort of mechanism behind everything. And then, of course, lo and behold, like, within a week of me putting out that first review review, everybody started unionizing at Pitchfork. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, obviously, you know? <laughs> you, you, you spurred the unionization. You're not going to take credit efforts. for it, but Was it also... me? I'm not going to take credit, but, like, come on. <laughs> it's. I mean, listen, I know people, like, care about their work and, like, want to be respected, whatever they do. But, like, how... I, I find it really funny that these people are... They don't find it funny that you're reviewing their reviews you need to put as a, a joke like how how is that hard thing. to understand you yeah. just gotta let them know what they're getting into put like a like a best new trigger warning at the top you know what i mean like a little, <laughs> if, a, I a got, little logo. if i got paid for it it might be a different story if i got paid for it i might be getting some of their respect but since i'm literally just obviously doing it for fun yeah. maybe Sarah, that's even more Sarah, of an insult I, I doubt the, the author even got paid for the article come on come on be reasonable true true <laughs> you know? You know what Hence I mean? the union. I know. It's like, why is it so hard to get paid for stuff these days? You know what I mean? It's like, labor yeah, so is just this- like a, like a, a cigarette. Like, Hey man, can I, can I get a cigarette? Can I, can you, can you, uh, can you do this for me? You know? Exactly. Have you been thinking about that analogy for a while? I quit cigarettes and now being outside, uh, going somewhere for the first time in a year, I'm like, damn, I wish I had a cigarette, you know? So no more cigarettes. This review of white pony characterizes the album and Deftone sound at this point in their career as post-hardcore, industrial, trip-hop, shoegaze, ambient electronics, and synth-pop. It's like they could be talking about Sweet Trip, you know? (laughs) It really just goes to show, like, there sometimes there's just not the right word for what's going on. And, like, this tangentially gets at it, kind of, a little bit, but, like, that's that would be if I were a band 
and I got a review that had that line in it, I would think that I had accomplished something because I had skirted like one sort of overall definition. Yeah. You know? yeah. But then you look at the other reviews of the era of that website and it's like, man, they're just playing fucking review Mad Libs. They're just like, plug this into this. <laughs> it's like, they're like the review, the new review is last week's review. It's like they showed up late for work and it's like, let me see your review. And they're like copying it but changing like a couple things it's like homework you know right right how do um how do people review no joy what are like the like key terms that get thrown around um there's some pretty brutal ones i think Oof. i think i think pitchfork did an Oof. okay job actually i think they did a good job the last time but usually it's like shoegaze or like indie indie unit or like like they don't know what to say either so it's like mm-hmm. yeah shoegaze gets thrown around indie project things that are like oh I, there's not doom gazer got thrown around doom before gazer. and i was like indie, it just doesn't indie doesn't really mean anything anymore does it that's kind no, of just i was gonna a, say that no. indie's a catch-all indie's yeah, the new alternative no, like those terms yeah. just don't mean anything yeah. and they mean vaguely the same thing right, too right <laughs> indie is just slightly younger uh people doing i, I feel like yeah. the only way yeah, now yeah. is to like be ultra specific like you can't even say genre you have to say like what band what band's album songs producer it reminds you of like you know like even mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. listening to your album from last year it's like the first track that birthmark to me it sounds like a saint edenine song but you don't see any of the reviews oh, yeah, yeah. talking about saint edenine yeah. it's like they're all like no. shoegaze this and that and i'm like no yeah. that song sounds like which saint edenine which is like electronic music <laughs> you know like dance music shares yeah. a deftones title by the way mm-hmm. very cool very very cool. Yeah, it's all full circle. Yeah, it's, you know, totally. Where's it's, my cat? My cat is named after a Deftone song. Oh. Skates. Come I here. You're gonna be like mini maggot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted that. Knife party. I, I proposed Knife that party. one. Di- um, digital digital be... bath. Come here. Digital bath. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Rocket skates ended up being really fitting though because he gets the zoomies like once every two hours. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, great. he's so cute. That's a good name. I keep telling my partner if we get another cat, I want to name it like Sandwich or something. Okay. I feel like yeah. Sandwich is a strong name. Why? I feel like George on Seinfeld talking about soda. Like, there's no, re- it just sounds good for, yeah. I feel like a cat named Sandwich. sandwich I mean, cat. food is yeah. always a good place for inspiration for pet names. That's true. Uh, I'm going to review. I'm going to review the No Joy review next. Yes. <laughs> do there's it. a lot of, there's some, there's some good stuff in here, like that I definitely agree with. And do then there's some stuff in here that, again, sounds like somebody wrote a review the week before and that person was like, what, what terms did you use? Yeah. yeah. We we'll use your review as, like, <laughs> as the promo for the episode. We'll like take a screenshot of it for, <laughs> yeah. for the socials. Hell yeah. Think. All right. I'll get to it. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta, you you're gotta never a, just fucking around. According to this review, you're never just fucking around. I like that way of putting it. <laughs> you, you should give a, uh, like no joy, like a, a 69.420 or something, you know, oh, yeah. uh, 68 JK 69. Sarah, I did want to ask you gave, you gave out the, of a 69.421. Uh, go ahead. You gave the, you gave the kid a review a 6.8. And I thought I did just want to say that was a bit of a missed opportunity to give it a 6.9. And That's, I just wanted to ask what I know, but that why was, did you that take the point one off? Cause amnesiac 6.9. Oh, you can't, oh, okay. you can't, yeah. you know, they, they can't be the same. You have to like sure. one more. Right. 
if it were if i had given it a 6.9 that would have been suggesting that i at all sort of supported the mission of sexualizing this album (laughs) so i wanted to just kind of deduct (laughs) that tenth of a point that's very that's very wise you you know yes Mm -hmm. He's like, if any I album is going to be sexualized, it's the Benz. You know, look at that cover. I don't know if you know this, but I, I went and found his Instagram just out of curiosity because I was like, if he has a big following and somebody like tips him off to this, I wonder if he's going to like put me on blast and I'm going to hate myself for this. But in his Instagram bio, it says his name, something, something, something. Also the author of that one pitchfork review, oh. like about yeah. Radiohead. And I was oh. like, oh. So I wonder, he's a freelancer. I wonder he if it. he expected that response when he published it or if he was surprised by it. Wait, what's the review? The Kid A review? Yeah. Have you not what read they this? What if he's a fan yeah. of your a meme account and he's 10? just really hurt? It's just the way that he <laughs> describes the album. He doesn't is, follow me. Well, not anymore. I double checked. He doesn't. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. He, the it must have been within a split second of me publishing that then. Yeah. You got to search his Finsta, you know? Oh, God. It's probably like oh, yeah, Stereo Gum Sucks 5, you know? He's the Scott fifth Stereo Gum Sucks, sucks yeah. 5. <laughs> the four other ones before. The four other Stereo Gum Sucks that just literally <laughs> when we get, dominated. When we get yeah. Ryan Schreiber on the Patreon, we're going to have you come back to talk to him about <laughs> We'll surprise this. him. Yeah, we'll be like talk to the creator of Pitchfork. We're gonna have a Ryan Schreiber knife fight. Is what I heard. We're not yeah. doing an episode. We're gonna wait. Have a- so can I can I pose a question to our other guest? Um, that is the same question that I posed in the last podcast that I did. Okay, so if you were to have a go to like roller rink song, like the song that you request from the DJ at the roller rink to like skate in circles to what would it be? And then I think a follow-up for the rest of us should be which Deftone song would we pick um, for the roller rink? If it's not a Deftone song. Roller rink to roll around. Uh, <laughs> roller rink to roll around. To, where would I roll around? I don't know. I don't know why this, that the first thing that came to my mind was the, um, rock dj by robbie williams i think because he's in the roller rink like taking off his skin yep so that's the first thing that came to my mind but i don't know that that's really like a song that would pump me up for going in a circle i haven't thought um, about that video in years now i'm like triggered i'm uh, like oh fuck yeah he peels his face off that shit is fucked up he just like peels his face off it's so weird i remember um, vividly yeah <laughs> but then you know what like a deftone song going in a in a circle maybe this is just because i'm I've heard the song now like 8 billion times, but teenagers like so dramatic. It might be nice to like skate slowly to that. Song yeah. And yeah. like kind of have like a moment just like going around like, um, but I don't know. There's, it depends if I'm like rage skating or if I'm just like calmly yeah. fun yeah. skating, I guess. Mm. The thing is, is I don't think I could skate smoothly enough for the songs that I want to pick. Like, I think I would butcher them. Like, I'd want to pick one of the ones where I feel like I'd be, like, floating in yeah. the air. Like, Beware, Cherry Waves, Beauty mm-hmm. School, like, one of those. Yeah. And I'd, I'd have, like, my moment, and I'd look, like, really beautiful out there. But I know that I wouldn't skate like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the problem is all the people, like, push-moshing in, on the, on the ring yeah. floor. On the roller you know, skating right? ring. Like, evading. Skate-moshing. You know, evading the, gen- <laughs> the, the general admission sounding. tickets, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If I was going for meditative, chill vibes vibes to relax and study to, I'd definitely do digital bath. If I was going, I'm like trying to go as fast as I can, I would probably do lotion. Mm. Mm. 
knife party for me, guys, or Pink Maggot. Because it's the longest knife track party on. is Deftones great gig. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it there's is no, the there's no wrong answers here. Is really yeah. not. Yeah, I mean they're, like all, they're all it's great. Like we're all yeah. like we're all like, yep, I do yeah. that one too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, okay, so we're gonna have to have a Deftones roller rink night. Let's find a roller rink that is oh, is, is, is uh, geographically right in the middle of where we all live, or, and we'll uh, we'll have a Deftones <laughs> night. To, to put a spin on your question, Sarah, is what because we talked about karaoke. What karaoke would song would you do? Deftones. I mean, we know teenager probably, right? <laughs> probably. But I kind of like. I don't know. Mm. Oh, I I really love Minerva as Ooh. well because it's like kind of like an epic one. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that record so I mean, too. The self title. Nobody fucks with that. Yeah, that video too. It's like pretty beautiful. Um, so I would maybe do that one as a karaoke because it could kind of be like anthemic and people just like get riled up and like yeah. sing mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that they got Ed Hardy to do the art for that record. You know. <laughs> It's crazy, you know. Lucky. I'm completely butchering this Portuguese pronunciation. Um, Beitasera, I think, is how you pronounce it. Um, I there's a moment, there are two moments in that song where I always make the joke that it sounds like Chino just like saying the wrong note, and everybody in the studio is like, "Are you sh- are you sure you want to go with that? Is that are you sure that's it?" Um, but regardless, I kill it every time in the car mm. when I sing that mm. song. So I think something was intentional there. And I think that that would be my go-to. Yeah. So you're prepared to do that one karaoke. You've oh, I'm, I'm stoked on it. Yeah. And it, I could do it sober tomorrow. <laughs> right now on the podcast. <laughs> you want to hope that sober would be the best version. And then over time playing it every night on the karaoke tour, then you get, get comfortable. Like, and you're like, okay, I can drink and do it. Cause I'm so good at it now. So familiar, you know, um, you would hope that sober is the best version was the line from that that really stuck mm-hmm. out because yeah, I would hope, but I don't know <laughs> if that's true. <laughs> change in the house of flies for me just because mm. you know just because you want the yeah. crowd to know the song too mm. because yeah. then they get mm, into yeah. it because it's you know you got to think about it karaoke is a performance so it's like if yeah. i kill the song i like yeah yeah the but if i kill the, the song everybody likes then the vibe True. is much it makes me step off stage but in a better light. It also makes it tougher because, you know, you have to really follow it up because people are going to know the song. Well, at the meme show we threw, we had the karaoke and I did the last song of the night uh, and I did Outside Stained featuring Fred Mm. Durst from the Family Values Tour Mm. compilation. So, you know, I, uh, I will say I do go for the new metal songs when it comes to karaoke. It's either that or like Bex Deborah. Like I'm trying to do some like... Prince shit that I'm totally not yeah, yeah. able to do, but uh, it's hard, you know, finding the right, you know, you know, they're going to have Deftones in the book, you know, yeah. you don't yeah. one or two songs. You're like, you don't want to read the whole, you know, it's like infinite jest. You don't want to be at, going through the karaoke book all night. You know, you want to, the, the wanna... song I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I usually do um, filter, take a picture. Cause oh, it's like yeah. middle of, new metal kind of but it's also like the crowd knows it and they like it so you can get like a little bit of both and it's also like 
there's some crazy high notes that he that he hits in that song that are really fun to try and hit. Upon returning, <laughs> so, I want to go in a similar vein as like not too new metal kind of with a pop vibe. I, I, I'm going to take on as my karaoke song hinders lips of an angel mm. because oh. it's like, oh, wow, wow. it's the fucking banger, yeah. you know, beautiful, it's just, beautiful piece it's of song so writing. good. That, Everybody knows that song. Well, yeah. I searched it and apparently in like a lot of like the European or some other countries, like American idol, like I think it was like maybe like English, like maybe one of their like American idol type, like vote shows. It's like commonly sung for like, performances x factor really yeah like x factor maybe Uh, but it's like what why is that damn a song that like they're singing on like pop shit like aaron and i do waiting room for karaoke yeah jacob and i are we we always every every time there's karaoke and jacob and i are there we have to do waiting room by fugazi it's really bad like and it's actually (laughs) also really good it's also really good i mean we really get into it and it's a it's it's a real posse cut when we do it too it's it's conflicting though when when the uh the door price for the karaoke bar is six dollars and then you're doing a fugazi song you feel a little bit like a sellout you know that extra dollar well there's a tension there's a tension there that you know you just don't really get doing other songs yeah ian i don't know how ian would feel about it honestly i don't know oh yeah i keep it a secret it might cause some discord we're gonna do some some karaoke on this mixer i think soon because it's got reverb <laughs> we do have yeah like, we do have some yeah. reverb effects uh on this mixer yeah. so you can monitor with which we'll is really nice karaoke. which i think is going to make it you know when you have that that nice little reverb people are a little bit more willing to sing they're more willing to kind of yeah. let it out it's yep. like a tiktok or so something it's going to be you nice know, the reverb slowed and reverbed <laughs> slowed mm-hmm. plus versions reverb. okay so plugs wise everybody go cop the new no joy cassette yep and candle yeah. and uh yeah. you know we just we just recorded the main feed up with no joy so i feel like asking for plugs again is weird but it actually is no- the normal thing to do so if you want to do your plugs again <laughs> sure our listeners have very uh, short-term memory and they probably forgot <laughs> i'm like trying to remember twitter is at no joy Instagram is at nojoy 68 jk69. Great handle. What else? Facebook is nojoy music, I think. Amazing. And That's TikTok it. is, we're not sure. Yeah, and we're still I don't know. Jury's still out of the TikTok. Nojoy? I don't think I have. Or one. if you want to <laughs> if you want to correct connect directly, you know, the next Deftones tour that comes through, find us at the Hummus table. Yeah. With yeah, Bernie. I'll be around. <laughs> with Bernie's middens. <laughs> with Bernie's yeah. middens. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. We'll all be there. Yeah. All right, Sarah, any any plugs from Sarah? I'm Jewel Sexual. Uh, that's it. I don't really have anything else going for me. I'm going to go lesson plan because my day job is as a teacher. Um, so that's that's how good this career is going for me. Uh, thanks, everybody. <laughs> oh, you know what? I forgot to say my Deftones story where I heard Deftones. I'm pretty sure I was making fried rice in the kitchen in college because my roommates like Deftones. So I heard it then. <laughs> Hell yeah. So it's kind of good that we skipped over because it wasn't for that exciting. <laughs> Save the last, yeah. Well, Sarah Jasmine, thanks guys so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks Super for fun. To talk Thank to you for having me. Much love. Yeah. It was so fun talking to you, Jasmine. Yeah, same. Likewise. Big fan. Likewise. Everybody know that when this episode ends right now in real time, we're all using the bathroom. So just everybody. keep that. Everybody, keep everybody that go mind. pee. Keep yeah. that in mind yes. and join time us. Time to pee. Join us. It'll be like Solidarity. A, united, a united world. Like the, everyone's holding hands across, the, you know, the, across the world. This happens every time I'm on this show. Lots of, <laughs> lots of yeah, you know, it's just 
it's weird, you know, who does that? You know, crazy. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> all right, thanks Everybody. for listening, guys. All right. All right. Peace, Bye. y'all. Bye. 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 Bye.